the more websites that mention you, the better off you're going to be. And that really helps out with the SEO. A big part of SEO is getting backlinks. Without those backlinks, it's really almost impossible to rank on Google. Google is just not going to trust you. So the way to build that trust up is by getting other websites to talk about you. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today, we get to speak with Brendan Leibowitz. He runs a digital marketing company, SEO Optimizers, since 2007. Brandon has been working with small and medium-sized businesses to get more online traffic through SEO and by crafting powerful websites. This has enabled Brandon's clients to succeed through increased clients, sales, and leads. Let's learn more about Brandon and what got him inspired to start his company in this episode. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me on today. Super excited, man. So the way I like to begin is talk about you. You know, let's get into the origin story of where Brandon comes from. So tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before. I grew up in San Pedro, California and lived in Los Angeles pretty my whole life. Grew up there and went to school in Riverside and went to school in Long Beach and stayed around the LA area just because can't really beat the weather. So thought about yeah. leaving, but got spoiled out here and went to school for business marketing. And mm-hmm. after that, I graduated and kind of got my first job in digital marketing and doing digital marketing, all aspects of digital marketing. And ever yeah. since then, really just stuck with that and always been doing some freelance work on the side just because with digital, you could always do that. And that's really what piqued my interest with that. And been doing that for the past 15 years and wow. my job a couple of years ago and just focused solely on building my own company up, which is really nice. And that is really what I've been focused on. Quick little nutshell of my life. In yeah, nutshell, nutshell of your life. So what inspired you to take that path as opposed to any other path that you could have taken? I mean, UCR, I can't remember what UCR is known for, but I know I used to hear that it's like if you want to 
going to the medical field, that's the place to start, essentially, especially in that area. Yeah, no, I have a good school, good business school. I went to UCR and then Cal State Long Beach as well and got my degrees there and focused on business and just always had a entrepreneurial spirit and growing mm -hmm. up and just didn't want to work for other people, wanted to have my own company. So always had that on this back burner, trying to figure out how I could have my own business. And once I got into the field of digital marketing, then I realized that I could always just do freelance work here and there and pick it up and wasn't planning on doing digital marketing, just fell into it, but okay, enjoy it and glad I kind of discovered it. What keeps you motivated to stay in the digital marketing space? I just like helping other businesses out, trying to watch them get to that next level and grow, but also being able to be my own boss and have my own company or do freelance work and set your own hours and not be tied down to nine to five, even though I was working full time, mm -hmm. almost the entire time and then working on the side. But it gives you that freedom and flexibility to be able to do that and be able to just build up your own kind of business or brand and get that visibility and exposure. All right. Tell me, who was one of your role models in life growing up that maybe ha might have inspired you to go into the marketing space or being an entrepreneur? Well, definitely. My dad was probably one of my big role models growing up and just inspired watching him and seeing him always be busy working, sometimes two jobs and mm -hmm. That kind of made me realize maybe I want to try to figure out how I could do something on my own and kind of build up my own company or build a business that I could run and set my own hours. And yeah. even though you work a lot more having your own company, at least you get the flexibility and freedom to pick and choose when you do work. But yeah, yeah. is a lot more work. And yeah, just always was inspired by what he was doing. And that definitely led me down this pathway. So you've been doing digital marketing since 2007. You've got a ton of knowledge around SEO, social media marketing, and Google ads. Take me down a path of why SEO is important for people starting a business or staying in business in this new world. Uh, SEO is search engine optimization, which means getting your website ranked on the different search engines really primarily Google, but getting you the free traffic. So mm -hmm. not paying for the ads at the top, but getting you that free traffic, which means as a business, you'll begin traffic indefinitely, which is a lot better than paying for ads. Paid ads work on Google or all these platforms, but once you stop spending money on ads, you just disappear. Whereas with SEO, you do SEO and you get ranked at the top. And for the most part, you're not going to drop down. I mean, you might have some fluctuations, but you're not just going to disappear. And that's really why I prefer or I've focused mainly on SEO over the years just because mm -hmm. tap into that free traffic, Google, Facebook, all these companies make way too much money. So let's try to help you save some money and yeah. as a business owner, just capture that free traffic. Really. That's, that's what really draw me in. So with, with all the social media networks that have been popping up and there's more on the way, right? We, we just had TikTok blow everybody out of the water in the past three years, is SEO still really important? I'd say as long as there's search engines, then definitely. If people use something else besides search engine in the future, then got adjust to that. But right now, Google kind of runs everything and everyone goes through Google and people mm -hmm. search on Google. They're looking for your product or service. Social media, you're just interrupting people 
based mm. off interests, but doesn't really mean they want an easier product or service. So Google for right now is definitely going to bring you more high quality traffic or people that are, have intent to purchase. That's really the main thing. Social is great to build up trust and build, let people know that you really are mm-hmm. a person behind the company and that you have people there that can help them out. But in terms of capturing new traffic and new leads, usually Google is a place to go, but every business is different. So every company is different. It just depends who your audience is. Are they on social or are they going to be on Google? It just really depends. Like for a doctor, mm-hmm. probably going to go on Google, not really going to go on Facebook or Instagram. You might, but most people are probably going to go on Google or Yelp or something like that looking for them. Okay. And then how would you combine, say, SEO with Google ads? Is there a correlation? Do you need to do one or the other, or do you prefer doing both of them? Well, Google ads work because with SEO, it takes about six months to rank a website on Google. So in the meantime, if you do want to be ranked or get some traction, you have to do something else like paid ads or social mm-hmm. or email marketing or anything else to get people's attention. Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting there waiting for those six months. But paid ads and SEO don't really have too much of an effect. Mm-hmm. SEO does help out a little bit with the paid ad costs. So each time there's a lot of different ways you can run ads, but the normal way is cost per click. So anytime yeah. someone clicks on your ad, you're paying, let's say $5. But if you have a really well optimized website or landing page, Google says we're going to drop that cost per click mm-hmm. and it might be $4 and 95 cents per click. So you're saving five cents, which doesn't seem that much, but right. over days and months and years of running ads, it really adds up. So SEO will help reduce the cost per click on paid ads, but running paid ads is not going to help out your SEO. Google's not going to say, oh, just because you're spending money on SEO, we're going to yeah. boost your rankings up. Or, I mean, not just because you're spending money on ads, right. we're going to boost your SEO up. That's not how it works. So so let's say somebody wants to boost their SEO or you know build SEO into their website. What are some of the steps they can take? There's bunch of different things that Google's looking at, but the bigger things are really content. Content is something everyone can just add to their website, just adding more text to each page. Google really feeds off content and Mm -hmm. more content you have, the better. So adding text to each page, Google can't really read images and videos yet. You're getting better at it, but they really need text and blogging is a great way to add more content to your Mm -hmm. website. Google, if you could blog once a month on your website, that's good enough. You don't have to blog weekly. I mean, the more the better, but yeah. once a month is really sufficient enough to add new content. That's really what the blog is all about. It's just mm-hmm. adding more content, more content, the better content, content, content for a website. They say location, 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 but in this space for SEO, it's about the content, content. And I think I remember back in the days they would say content is king. Is that is content still king with this world of social media and attention grabbing ads and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yep, for SEO content is king. If you want to rank on Google, you need content. Content is the most important thing for Google. Even like YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Google owns YouTube, and Google's getting better, or YouTube's getting better at like transcribing your videos or adding yeah. the subtitles and closed captions, but they're still not there. They need you to add it manually. So. The more you spoon feed to Google or any of these websites, Facebook or not like Amazon, Yelp, if you want to rank higher on those, you need more text, more content. Mm-hmm. It really all feeds out content for the most part. People want to see videos, but Google needs text. Like people, like you said, attention spans are so short nowadays. We don't want to read 400 words of content. Right. So usually 
on a website, you put a video at the top or an image or something really strong call to action with a value proposition at the top, really short, sweet to the point. Then below that, you can put all that text, but you don't want to clutter your website up and make it full of just content. You have to have that balance for people and for Google. People and Google balancing content on your website. So it's not only technology friendly or bot friendly, so to say, right? But also people friendly. Yeah, got to make it optimized for people because they're the ones that are going to buy. Google right. or all these platforms are going to get you traffic, but how do you get that traffic to convert? You got to convert the traffic. Okay. Amazing. I like that. So let's say I'm, I've got a brand new product coming out and I want to promote it or, or build a site that's SEO friendly. How would I, how would I go about doing that? So for example, my aunt wants to launch this gourmet spices. She's, she's concocting these amazing spices for your foods and whatnot. Walk me through a step-by-step -step on, on how somebody would, if, if you don't mind, how somebody would, would start the process. So let's say we've already got a website. We've got six products on the site already with descriptions and, and recipes. What, what else would you recommend? You want to do keyword research. That's a really important part is finding out what keywords people actually search for. So mm -hmm. instead of just trying to rank for keywords, but that you think people are searching for, doing the research to figure out how many people actually search for this keyword every single month because that will let you know, are you on the right track? Or it might give you ideas of whole new products and recipes or yeah. that you should be adding to the website that you would never have thought about. But keyword research is really one of the important starting points because mm -hmm. then you sprinkle those keywords in all over your website, content, title tag, meta description, the image file names, mm -hmm. you wanna aim them with descriptive words, adding like schema code to the website and all this really technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. But keyword research really is kind of the foundation because that lets you know what route to go and it's a lot easier to do it before you start putting those keywords all over your website Got versus it. backtracking and having to redo it. So that's one quick, easy one that, not easy, but easy enough where people can use the Google Keyword Planner. It's a yeah. free tool from Google. Mm. I'll show you how many people actually search for that keyword every single month or you can buy a tool if you want. There's a lot of paid tools, but Google gives you a free tool, which I would usually recommend to people utilize that. Key Google Keyword Planner. So start, start with the foundation on figuring out what keywords you want to be ranked for and then integrate that as a foundation for the website so that you can build on top of that foundation as opposed to backtracking and like kind of like doing double work. Yeah, yep. it's gonna save you a lot of time, a lot of headaches of going in, doing the work and then having to realize that you kind of skipped a step. It's like doing a recipe, but skipping the first couple steps and then <laughs> realizing, all right, I have to kind of start this all over again. And yeah, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. It's having a good recipe, standard of operation, putting that stuff together. Okay, man. So for since 2007, you've been doing SEO, Google ads and social media marketing, or you've been doing digital marketing since 2007. What kind of feedback have you gotten from your clients? And how has their lives changed for the better going through going through you? Yeah, it was helped them get to that next level and try to 
grow their business so they could start getting more leads in, especially with SEO, trying to get that free traffic. But even with the paid ads, just making sure that they're hitting a positive return on your investment. As long as you're making a positive return, then you can keep pushing those ads. But if you're not hitting sure. that positive return on your investment, then gotta figure something out. And But the SEO really is the bread and butter where you could see people jumping up to that first page of Google yeah. and to the top position of Google and just seeing that traffic just come in and they're not spending money each time someone clicks because fortunately half the time or half the people that come to your website, you're going to leave immediately with that bounce rate. So if you're running, running paid ads, you're still going to lose a lot of that traffic. So that's CEO, they don't, I mean, they don't want to lose that traffic, but they don't mind as much losing some of that traffic because they're not paying for it, but it's really yeah. help them build that brand up and become more authoritative figures. Once you're on that first page of Google, people really trust you more and it helps her out with that branding online, offline, just all over the place. Nice. I love that. Uh, last week, I was at uh, an event and I was like, hey, let me look up some digital marketing one-liners. <laughs> and one of the jokes was, the best place to hide a body is on the second page of Google. That yeah. one is definitely a true one right there. <laughs> Not many people are going to that page Not too. Not people are going to that, that page. And uh, then uh, another one was digital marketers not like trampolines because of the high bounce rates. The bounce rates, yes. <laughs> too many bounces. Too many people leaving your website, which unfortunately yeah. is that bounce rate where how many people have come to your website and left and usually it's about like 40 to 60% of your traffic is going to bounce, unfortunately. Wow. But if you really dial in with that keyword tool and figure out, hey, these are the, two, these are the keywords I want to rank for for my page and really put that content in. So not you're not doing clickbait, but you're doing click and then really bringing that value back on your on your website, then you're gonna drop those bounce rates as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, you gotta focus on less is better sometimes. You can't just be going for these really general keywords too, like someone mm -hmm. ranking for, maybe you're selling sh like men's tennis shoes. If you're just ranking for the word shoes, or tennis shoes, you're gonna get a lot of people searching for that. But how yeah. many people want to buy shoes? Right, half of those people may maybe yeah. probably less. So finding more, it's called long tail keywords, keywords mm -hmm. that are two or more words. Less people are using it, but the people using it actually want to use your proctor service. So find those more intent based keywords and not just trying to rank to get traffic, but ranking to get targeted traffic. So almost like using a uh, searching, let's say, keyword term would be. Hey, I need tennis shoes for wide feet with arch support. I think that's a pretty long tail focused keyword. Yep, someone searching for that, they know exactly what they want. They're not browsing around what are tennis shoes or what mm -hmm. styles are out there. They know they want that one. They want the arc. They want all those features that you mentioned. Nice, because that's the problem that I have. I have no arch, I have a flat foot, and I have wide feet, so I need a shoe that has arch support that are designed for wide feet. And for the longest time, I was wearing Nikes because I liked the brand, but turns out they don't make wide foot, wide foot shoes. And uh, I only found out because I went to the Potomac Running Shoe Store. And now that's a very specific shoe. That's a very specific shoe place. And... I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So the more focused you are in your keywords, the more focused are you are in your web page, the more targeted 
actual audience that's going to buy and spend money on your site are going to come? For the most part, yep. And the more targeting, the hyper-targeted, the better. So just focus on who is your audience, try to take a step back and think like if you were looking for your product or service, what would you be searching for? Yeah. Which is kind of tough for business owners or people that are involved with the marketing side of things. But mm -hmm. if you can take a step back, it really does help out and put yourself in that user's point of view. Nice. I love that. I love that, man. So, guys, it's been so awesome talking with Brandon about social media marketing. But not only that, but we're also talking about keyword uh, and um, focusing on the keywords because when you have the keywords, you can then do proper SEO for your site, social media marketing, and also make sense because now when you pay for Google ads to come to bring the traffic to this SEO optimized page, guess what? You're going to bring in the right kind of people. It's so important. It's so important to do that keyword research. That's, I mean, with SEO, there's a lot of aspects to SEO, but keyword research is one of the kind of beginning foundational parts that do it at the beginning versus doing it later on. It's going to help out a lot. Absolutely. So guys, after the break, Brendan's going to share with us three hacks to take away that you can immediately implement on your site. So we'll be right back after these messages. I'm Junaid Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Junaid on Hacks and Hobbies, and we're talking with Brendan Lipowitz. Brendan Lipowitz. And in the green room, we were talking about how powerful it is to really have a solid keyword identified for your business because that's really going to bring the traffic that's going to make the conversion it's all about the conversions right if people are coming to the wrong house every single time guess what's going to happen they're just going to go back and we don't want people to leave when they come to your website so brandon's going to share with us three hacks to take away for better traffic and conversion for your website take it away brother yeah, so you want to build backlinks. Backlinks are a big part of SEO. So you could make all these changes to your website, but Google doesn't really care what you put on the website without what are called backlinks. Those are other websites talking about you. So if you're reading an article on another website, such as like the New York Times, and in there 
there's a clickable link that says Brandon Leibowitz. If you click on it and it goes to my website, I'd be getting a backlink from the New York Times. The more websites that mention you, the better off you're going to be. And that really helps out with the SEO. A big part of SEO is getting backlinks. Without those backlinks, it's really almost impossible to rank on Google. Google mm -hmm. is just not going to trust you. So the way to build that trust up is by getting other websites to talk about you. So you need to build the trust up from Google to get the traffic to your website. But once you get the traffic to your website, you need to build the trust up of people and build the trust up of people. It could be a little tricky because people don't just have an algorithm. It's really playing on people's emotions and mm. they want to buy now or what are they looking for? Or what's going on in their state of mind? So that's a really tricky aspect of trying to the psychology of a website and just how to build that trust up. So once people get to your website, do they feel comfortable buying? Do they want to put their credit card information in or are they going to go on another website that's like Amazon that they trust a little bit more? So mm -hmm. the way to build trust up from people is social media. It's really great is it puts a face behind the company because people could just go to a website, but websites are kind of just static. I mean, nowadays there's more engaging stuff on it, but yeah, you go on like a Facebook page or stuff like that on social media, you could engage with that business. You could ask some questions, you could read reviews, you could do a lot of stuff right there and get a lot of information. And that helps to build trust that you really are who you say you are versus just a website URL. That's kind of vague and can be a little, a little shady at times or you just like, I don't trust this website or I don't know who this website is. So mm -hmm. I don't want to give out my, my information. And then another one would be just making sure your website is just concise, like above the fold. So when you look at a website, whatever you see on a website, that's called above the fold. Once you start scrolling down, that's below the fold. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about 70% of people don't scroll down on the website. So having all your really important information at the top is so very important for getting those conversions as well. Gotta have like a value proposition that really just sums up what this page is about in yeah. a sentence or two, and then have a call to action above the fold. Because once you start making people scroll down, you're losing over half that traffic. Nice. So number one, we wanna make sure that we use backlinks. Number two, build trust with the people. And number three, make sure that we have concise information above the fold on our sites. Is that pretty much? Uh... Mm -hmm. Yep, those would be three ones that will really help out because just getting the traffic is great, but we gotta get that traffic to convert. So we gotta build the trust of people and make the website optimized for those conversions as well. I love that, man. Thank you so much for sharing the three hacks that people can immediately apply to their websites and get better with SEO and get better with just building that connection with the people that, that are coming and visiting the site. I've, I've been revamping my website for almost three years because <laughs> I haven't put in the work to, to, with the research, right? Around, especially around my humble zone site that that's been around for about 20 years. I took it down back in 2018. Cause the last time I had, I had updated the site was 2004. And I was like, okay, this this thing's this thing's got to change. Most of my most of my business was coming through referrals, and of course, the products that we're putting out are top notch because we're using all the latest tech. But having it on my own side was really something that I need to spend time with. So thank you for sharing. You know, I, I really need to go back and do some keyword research myself and do that uh, double work. 
Yeah, no, the website's always a work in progress. So there's no perfect website. So don't feel bad that you're revamping it for three years. I mean, <laughs> you should always be constantly updating and making changes and tweaks. Exactly. So there's no perfect website. It's all about just testing and seeing what works, what doesn't work, and just going from there. But got to make it mobile friendly. 2004 to now might not have been the most mobile friendly. I know exactly. It was not mobile friendly at all. (laughs) Uh, And that's a big one. That one I would definitely recommend. Got to make it mobile optimized because over half the traffic comes from mobile nowadays. It's insane, right? I I spent a ton of time on my own mobile device researching and reading and doing all sorts of things. So it absolutely, absolutely makes sense that other people are doing the same. All right, this is the fun part. We jump into the six top questions that I ask all of my guests. It's they're I think they're a fun bunch. They're, you know, inspired. I've been inspired to ask these questions because it it helps me understand who I'm talking to on a deeper level. All right. First question. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Maybe I would want to get into skydiving. Seems kind of fun, <laughs> a little exhilarating. So, but that one would be a interesting one and fun one because always like thrill seeking and adventures and just haven't had that. I don't know if I'd do it as a hobby per se, but definitely right. want to do a few times. Maybe not as a hobby because that one could be a little risky. But right. something exhilarating like that would be a fun new hobby to take on. Nice. What did you want to be when you were a child? I'm probably an astronaut. Like almost everyone wanted to see what's up in space and figure out and explore up there. But that was yeah. something that always was interesting to me or a scientist, I think were the two ones that I was going towards, which not doing anything close to that, but <laughs> always was interested in space and still am and feel like almost everyone is. Well, lucky for us, we're in a space where we have, uh, you know, Virgin Galantic and we have, um, Elon Musk's SpaceX, you know, sending people on the space station. So who knows, man, 10 to 20 years from now, maybe we can all travel in space. Yeah, that'd be it might fun. be. <laughs> it might be. It's coming close to it. Hopefully yeah. it won't be too expensive. That's one barrier right now, but it's, it's interesting. It's a good time right now. Absolutely. All right. Next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? I like The Office a lot, just really funny and interesting and mm-hmm. reminds me of that office life that I used to live or was doing for a long time. And But just like their spin on it and the humor and it's a fun series or show and really enjoyed it and always makes you laugh. Nice. You know, I was uh, at this uh, field trip that I took my kid, my son to from school and there was this one candy place. And um, just not a candy place, it's a shop where you can find all sorts of candy, like gourmet candy. And they had these Pez, the office Pez dispenser. So you had the four characters from the office. You had, uh, I can't even remember the people's names, but they had all of these characters in this box. And they're literally Pez dispensers. I was like, oh my God, this would be so good. A gift for somebody who loves the office. Mm-hmm. That would be the best candy with the office combined. A little two for one right there. Yeah, exactly. Next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? 
Uh, maybe the Matrix would be interesting. Trying mm. to see what's going on in the alternative realities and see what's, yeah, that one would be a fun one. So, so which character down. would you play in the Matrix? Maybe Neo would be a fun one to be, I think. All Any right. character would be pretty interesting. This is, this is the first time everybody, anybody's mentioned the Matrix to be a character in it. So kudos, man. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's such a good one. Yeah. Next question, who is your favorite superhero? I'd uh, have to say I like Superman, just saving the world and trying to, he's got that kryptonite, so he's <laughs> flying around and just going around the world and helping save people and doing good in the world and trying to fight off those bad guys. And awesome. Flying around would be a lot of fun. So Yeah, flying, flying is really awesome. So you've mentioned you want to be an astronaut. Um, what's the other thing you said that you wanted to skydiving, you mentioned skydiving, you mentioned, um, astronaut and now Superman. So I, I like this flying theme going on over here, go, being able to go anywhere. Mm, yep. seems like, yeah, like that flying, <laughs> got a little underlying flying in me. So got to get that well, out. Somewhere well, make sure you do get the chance to go watch the new Top Gun Maverick because there's a lot of flying happening in that movie. Yeah, I think I'll like it, so I'll have to check that out. And what's fun is that uh, Tom Cruise also uh, did this special on James Corden's show where he literally took James Corden on three different airplanes, and it was just such an epic uh, like YouTube, YouTube clip that they put together. It's really fun. All right. That one out. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Like Monopoly is a fun one. Just going around all the different places and locations and trying to collect those houses and build those hotels, but traveling around like that. So bouncing nice. around all these different places, like the boardwalk or yeah. going to different places, traveling around. I think I like that aspect of it. You know, what's funny is that a lot of the times I was, I'd get the answer, hey, I'd be, a, I'd be Monopoly. But it wasn't until like two weeks ago that I actually got to play Monopoly after a very long time. And it turns out that the only way you can build houses on your property is that if you own all, all of the same color properties. Mm -hmm. And I had not, I, I had totally forgotten about that. Because we started building homes right away. <laughs> you can play however you like. You make, yeah. up, make it your own way. There's so many different ways, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, that part does take the time where yeah. I collect all those cards. So sometimes we'll just deal the cards out at the beginning and skip all that because it, mm. it does take a long time. Monopoly is yeah, a It's a really game. long game because my kids are like, Dad, how long is this game going to last? I'm like, well, it can, game, it can last a really long time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We go a long time. Awesome. Well, Brandon, this was a lot of fun talking with you, learning about SEO, learning learning about social media marketing, as well as your passion of flying. And I can't wait to learn that you've you've either gone on a diving trip, watched the movie. So please do share with me in an email when you do one of those things, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, live vicariously through you. 
hopefully sooner than later, I'll be sending <laughs> that email out to you. Awesome. Where can my audience find you so they can connect more with you and learn more about SEO and Google ad span and all of those, the good stuff that's going to help them level up their websites and bring more business to their businesses. So for everyone today, I create a special gift for them. Awesome. If they go to my website, SEO optimizers.com that's seo o p t i m i z e r s.com forward slash gift they can find that there and find all my contact information as well and my email and all that stuff so if they want to get a hold of me that would be the best fantastic thank you so much for sharing that with us uh, and and creating this awesome gift for the audience i appreciate you and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, guys. It was This was so much fun talking with Brandon. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you again for sticking around and supporting Hacks and Hobbies by your listenership. All right, take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the website hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.